Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Alexander, 10 on the shot clock. Alexander, with a head of steam downhill. Outside, green for three. Bang! Jason Green! With a head of steam, got downhill. And Tom Pedersen, don't shoot for you! Gamble Pump and a jam! Ashworth, Ashworth. Stops a very deep three. Oh yeah! UConn, you never saw Ethan Froggy, but you just saw shades of the Lumberjack in the form of Steven Ashworth. It's a career achievement unlocked. A first ever win versus number one. A career achievement unlocked. The 600th Shades win for Greg McDermott. And the students bop the floor. It's the Connor Happer Show with Connor Happer and Josh Otzen on 1620 The Zone. Welcome in. Happy Wednesday. It's the Connor Happer Show on 1620 The Zone and on 1620thezone.com. You win. You beat the number one team. You get an open, according to Josh Odson. Those are the rules of the show. In the theme of 1984's Rocky Four, kind of inspirational 80s music in the background but legally very different but legally very different yes didn't sound at all like it maybe <laughs> maybe I, I said to josh during it i was like maybe a little over the top vibe too you loved over the top i, I actually did like over the top it's a great movie the, that was one i was happy that you told me to Remember watch when the guy drank the motor oil i, I do wasn't his nickname motor oil something or something like that, like that? Uh, Creighton wins last night, 85-66. They, um, they handled the best team in the country, a team that I still think is the best team in the country. And um, I was curious to see what would happen if, if Creighton played well. I didn't think they'd play that well. So there were things I thought, things I, you know, things I was willing to put my ass in the jackpot on, as uh, Terry Collins would say. And, you know, one of them was lunch with Asian Joe, which, once again, the undefeated lunch bets just. It's your drum ball. Yep, they just keep coming through. So anybody wants to challenge me to a lunch bet if they feel like I'm too confident on something, I committed to it. And once again, uh, Asian Joe's going to have to pay for two lunches at 3 o'clock someday. (laughs) I hope he enjoys that. And uh, Creighton beats the number one team in the country last night. We will uh, get into all of it here shortly. Let's set up the show. Mitch Sherman will join at 1130 in about an hour. We'll talk football and scheduling and uh, maybe some basketball with him as well. Tweet bag is coming up at noon today. I think I got a question in already last night. You can send those in at Happer Show at Connor Happer on the JTech Construction Zone Twitter feed or any other way. You'd like to get in touch with the show. We'll open up the tweet bag at noon. Robin Washit will move back to 1 o'clock today. I told him, Robin, we got to clear out a little bit here. we got to go ISO. And he said, what the hell, basically. Yeah, I imagine that probably peeved him. Yeah, he's triggered. But guess what? We had to do what we had to do. And we do need our Nebraska ball fix as well today. 
as they have a roadie at Indiana in which they need to take care of business in. But we moved them back. You know, we're, we're shuffling things around today. So Robin will join. That's the lineup powered by the referees at John Higgins Weather Guard. I uh, want to get in touch with the show. We already mentioned the JTech Construction Zone Twitter feed. Email Connor or Josh O at 1620thezone.com on the Equitable Bank inbox. And you can call or text 402-951-1620 on the 42 Degrees The Source hotline. We say good morning to our YouTube streamers this morning. 1620 The Zone TV on YouTube. And, of course, conveniently located on our website with our Twitch stream, 1620thezone.com. Yippee, already misheard me. Connor, they didn't play well? 50% from three? No, I said I didn't think they'd play that well. They played very well last night. Oh, maybe you put the emphasis on the wrong <laughs> syllable at some point. People are comparing this, and uh, the first thing. So I knew that I knew the final score last night. I was sitting there at the table, and I, I knew kind of how it was how it finished up. And um, I, I asked, you know, I, a couple friends had texted me, and I asked, did we, did we, did we Villanova them? Like, is is that how this went? And the answer was kind of. Kind of. I mean, they, they shot well enough for it to kind of look that way. There wasn't a crazy run like that. I think Creighton's biggest run was, was 10-0 in the game, which is obviously significant. But they, they took off in the first half. And, this, and some of the stats that, are, that, that come out of it are completely ridiculous. 1.466 points per possession of 58 possessions against the number one team in the country who has all these answers defensively and, and great matchups all across the board and a lot of options to give you. Obviously, you know, Klingon's in foul trouble for basically the entire first half after he sets a bad screen pretty much right out of the gate. So that that changed the anatomy of the game at least a little bit. Um, but Baylor Shireman was kind of in that zone too. Baylor Shireman didn't do much of anything last night until the second half. He had all 12 of his points in, in the second half. Last night was about... The other guys. Josh, one of our favorite movies collectively. That's right. The other guys. This one's about the other guys. And nobody shot Derek Jeter. Aim for the bushes. That's what Jason Green did last night, <laughs> except for he didn't die when he. All right. The, the analogy doesn't really work there. Um, it's about the other guys, which we'll get into in a second. But I. I so this is the first I told you so of the show. I, I told you that they would win. And I was I felt good about that, and I have I had for a while there. Obviously, you know, there was many paths to them losing that game. Josh didn't say there was no path to Creighton winning, which is good yesterday from yesterday. Um, but I also told you, and it basically started right after Creighton's most recent loss to UConn back on January seventeenth, and it started in the second half of that game when Stephen Ashworth really started to turn the corner. And I, I think it was probably after the Xavier game or the DePaul game, uh, somewhere in there. It was, it was probably two or three weeks ago where I came on the show and I said, Stephen Ashworth, with his play and his leveling up, has completely changed the trajectory of this team. I don't know, I don't know how deep you looked in the archives, Josh, but I remember that segment vividly. And I thought, and, and like... Well, you said it multiple times. It was a clear turning point in the season. We... Coming into this year, Creighton knew what they were going, generally, what they were going to get from Trey Alexander. They knew generally what they were going to get on a nightly basis from Ryan Kalkbrenner. 
They knew what they were going to get from Baylor Shireman, although that has leveled up, of course, this year as he starts to look more and more like a, you know, at least a first-team all-conference guy, um, maybe some honorable mention All-American stuff in there and potentially player of the year in the conference, although Tristan Newton was really, really good last night for UConn. And we, we knew that the other spot, the, the spot that was left unoccupied by Arthur Kaluma from last year was going to have to take a committee, whether it was Mason Miller or Isaac Trout or Jason Green. They're going to have to figure that out, and Green got hurt. But once again, that was baked into the cake. That was baked into the equation for Creighton basketball this year. We, we knew these things. And then there was the variable. The variable was Ashworth, and we saw what he was at Utah State, prolific three-point shooter. Um, We didn't see much outside of that. I certainly, certainly did not see his ability to put it together on both ends of the floor as he has, where at the beginning of the year, they had to take him off in a variety of different ways because... They just, you know, for what he wasn't giving them on offense, he wasn't giving them even even more on the defensive side, if that makes any sense, right? They had to take him off the floor. It's like we we can't we can't have you out there, so we got to go with Farabello, and you know we'll, maybe we'll lose some offensive ceiling in that, but we we got to have a guy who can lock somebody down. Stephen Ashworth is now a plus defender in the Big yes. East. He is now a plus defender in the Big East. The way he just chased around Cam Spencer last night. And Cam Spencer, who, you know, I mean, is one of the most lethal three-point shooters in the country and can, can get can get it going in a hurry. He only shot two three-pointers last night. It's not about how many you make and how many you miss. It's about how many you shoot. They He had six points on eight shots and no threes last night. And then... And that was sort of the plan the last time, and it wasn't executed as well. After you started to get the defense, the defense started to come along, and there was a mindset change, and um, he obviously knew what he had to sacrifice and what he had to do on the defensive end. Then we just had to wait. We had to wait for the offense to come. And I also told you weeks ago, I'm telling you it's coming. There's going to be a big Ashworth game. And now we've seen three or four of them in the last couple weeks, but none bigger than last night. Stepping back, knocking into 30-footer like it was nothing. Um, John Bishop referred to him as the beardless Ethan Roggy, <laughs> which is amazing. And he was uh, playing with a real heavy heart last night. Yep, yep. I Saw mean, that in the post game. That's just in- incredible fortitude. He had 16 in the first half on four made threes. The ones that he missed just were, you know, rimmed straight out. And so the this is their that's their ceiling, right? If you take all of the things that we know, which I just mentioned with Trey and Baylor and, and obviously, you know, like I said, Baylor's been a bit of a variable this year too because I think he's gone up a couple levels. But Conkbrenner and and the bench pieces, if you take that and that's already there, and the and the variable was Stephen Ashworth, and then Baylor Shireman. But let's talk about Steve. And the variable was Stephen Ashworth. This is what they're he his his offensive supernova game last night happened. On top of 
him shutting down one of the most dangerous three-point shooters in the country. It starts there, obviously, for Creighton. So if you want to talk about ceiling, we'll do it later on. How good is this team? Where can they go? That's a really good image. That's a really good picture. And I don't feel like it's that unrepeatable. You know, I don't feel like it was... That's why I stray away a little bit from calling it the Villanova game of 2014. It's it's not like they went on a 27-2 to run and just ran about the gym and it was over. They had to grind for it a little bit. UConn got it back down to 10, and they made some plays. And then Creighton said, no, no, we are embarrassing you tonight. Get get back. Get. Obviously, they burned him in the first half. But yeah. I don't I don't think that that's outside of their capability, right? I, well, I don't think that was Rutgers coming to town and making – seven of 12 threes or something. I, I don't mm. think that was Butler coming in. Who's a good offensive team. I don't think that was Butler scoring 99 and having how like two points of possession for the entire, like, I don't think that was that, you know? So, um, that's their ceiling. That's the best they've played this year. And they, they did it against the number one team in the country with their personnel. And that, that stuff can't, can't be ignored. And it's and, and that's the catalyst. You know, Stephen Ashworth is the is the catalyst, and because he's the variable. I and, love, and I told you, <laughs> I love Baylor Sherman not forcing it. Like, yeah. Hey, I'm just it, it, it. They're not falling for me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna facilitate. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the glue guy who dives on the floor and gets the rebounds. I'll just I'll find I'll find a place. Ryan Kalkbrenner was really good on defense. Um, but is know, he good, Connor? Well, I, people are wondering, like, you know, Klingon's in foul trouble early, and he's kind of out there flopping around. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. Some might have to take away from that game that Donovan Klingon is just tall. Mm. Interesting take. And you don't see Ryan Kalkbrenner getting into foul trouble at all. Mm. I mean, it, it definitely hurt UConn that he wasn't on the floor um, for the majority of the first half. Ended up playing 26 minutes last night. It was pretty good. But Kalkbrenner, as, as a shot blocker last night, I mean, just erase some stuff. Obviously change some stuff. Um, and they're going to hit their, you know, back to the regular formula for Creighton. Like, they are so talented that they're going to hit some of them, some of the wild ones in his face. And they were early on in the game, but Kalkbrenner having four blocks. Um, and then and then outside of that, it was, it was just the effort, you know. Francisco Farabello, Jason Green, and Mason Miller combined. Went 8 of 12 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3, zero turnovers, a whole bunch of big shots, and a whole bunch of hustle plays. You're not going to get that every night. That, no. <laughs> I, I was sitting there in practice with Jacob and Matt the other day, and, and um, Mason Mason had a tough moment in practice where, I don't know, he might have just been zoned out. They they do, a, they do a drill where they try to get out in transition, and and they all get up in a line at the free throw line and they 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 toss it off the backboard to the next guy and then when Mac blows the whistle they got to go and they got to sprint out and transition and Mac keep blowing he kept blowing the whistle so that Mason would lead the break and 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 Mason just I mean I don't know where his head was but he like he did not he didn't do it correctly he got out of the drill too fast he got he, you know he was just going to get the ball next in line. He tossed it off the backboard and then kind of went to the back of the line again. And it happened three times in a row. 
to the point where Mac is just standing there like, Mason, <laughs> like, have you done this drill before? What, like, what are we doing? And at that point, I turned over to Jacob, and and the trend has been for them, if they don't, if they have these kind of gaff moments in practice and weird moments in practice, they'll they'll end up playing really well. And I turned to Jacob and I said, he's going to make three of three tomorrow. You could ask him, mm. and we'll ask him on the show tomorrow. Um, Mason went two of three from three last night. One at the top of the key, and then one in the corner. Um, the one at the top was a huge shot, and they were just going to keep him in there for a spurt, and then they had to had to kind of keep him in there. A couple hustle plays for him. Um, Francisco Farabello, who you know was in the game, and he had some kind of funky, weird lineups and rotations last night with the you know with the with the foul trouble and guys not going and trying to match stuff. And Farabello hitting those two threes and back-to-back possessions to make it, I think it gave Creighton its first lead. It was like 1918, and then it retied the game in the in the low 20s. Um, those were huge shots. Those were huge shots. Those were shots that felt like kind of broke the dam a little bit for Creighton. We're here, the crowd's in it, and we're going to make threes tonight because this is who we are, right? Um, just... Green hitting the corner three on the other side of the of the Farabello three. So there was like this three possession offensive stretch for Creighton where it was Farabello three, Farabello three, and Jason Green three. That was not in UConn's script. That was not in their plans. And that's where the that's that's where Creighton really landed their first punch. And they they set them back quite a bit. And the and the crowd obviously was was awesome. Um the play after, so let me just take you through a moment here. So Farabella hits the offensive possessions, back-to-back threes. Green hit the corner three. And then the play after that, Clockbrenner gets a dunk, and then Ashworth hit the three from North Platte. There was, and that, was, that was four straight, that was five straight offensive possessions for Creighton. And then it was like, oh, no, Creighton's not just here. They're going, they are morphing into supernova territory here. And within, somewhere within that four possessions, I don't remember where, uh, Kalkbrenner had a block as well. That's right. And yep. from that moment on, the arena was just go. Jason Green got the – Jason Green at that corner three, and then he had another one to get the lead to 23 after an offensive board possession with about 10 minutes left. And I'm like, okay, they broke their will. They didn't. Apparently, UConn is impossible to break their will. You cannot break their will. Uh, would you agree with that, by the way? Like Creighton played so well, and there were so many opportunities for them to break break them. Mm-hmm. As UConn has broken so many teams in their path, including Creighton and Stores, I don't think that happened to UConn last night. It that, and honestly, that's so impressive. Yeah, that, at that <laughs> they were point, down by twenty three at one point, and then ended up cutting it down to 10, ten at the under four. No, and I'm sweating. No, I'm like, how are these guys not dead? Yeah, how are they not dead? Why, Why won't, won't they die? give up? Why won't you die? <laughs> and they they didn't die, so I don't feel like they got their will broken last night, which no. is all the credit to UConn playing poorly. Like UConn only had pride really to play for. I mean, maybe number one overall seed, I guess, but they could have said, "Okay, it might not happen for us tonight, guys." They're walking Let's... in there like we just beat Marquette by fifty. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> we're the best damn team in the country. They have all the swagger in the world, and then they got out to a seven zero start. <laughs> also, you said that first five minutes thing might happen. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it did. <laughs> Interesting. It was like 11 to well, 3. Was I I'm right like, again? Uh, 11 to 3. Uh. Yeah. Didn't didn't look good. And so then when, you know, at the under four and UConn got it back down to 10 and people were starting to sweat a little bit, guys are diving on the floor. It's getting mucky. You're like, oh, I just don't like this, this script very much. They really, what they did at that moment, at the toughest moment of that game outside of the, the first four minutes, they forced it. They... They force-fed Ryan Kalkbrenner. They they said, nothing is going to stop us from giving Ryan Kalkbrenner the ball on this possession. And they got a foul, and he went to the free-throw line, got both of the one-and-ones, and, um, you know, Creighton got back, got it back to 12 and then made enough shots and got enough stops down the stretch to, to keep him at that distance. Lead us, tree man. We will follow you. That's it. I, that, so if you were, like, that was... That was the stickiest moment of that game. Late, they were like, we need to stop the bleeding right now. Mm-hmm. Who is our guy? There's your answer. It's Tree Man. Crowd sounded unbelievable on television. It, it was it, – what, what a special night. And that's great because, I mean, that's been a critique of us on this show. And yep. it, even certain people within that arena are oh, yeah. constantly saying, hey, you know, you guys can make a little noise. It's fine. Oh yeah, they'll let you do that. It was it was. Um, you bought a ticket. It, it propelled. I heard that from uh, was it Ashworth? Somebody said that after the. Oh really? After <laughs> the on the on the post game show with John. Um, but yeah, it, it sounded amazing on TV, and the crowd like the 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 crowd clearly gave them energy, mm-hmm. right? It gave them a spark. It it didn't. It wasn't reactive. It was proactive, and it's whether it was booing. The kind of intimidating looking stripe out, which looked great on television. It did look great. Or the bleep you bleep Dan Hurley. Bleep Dan Jeez. Hurley trolling on social media with the corn cobs. That was great. Um that was that was fantastic. Let let's do the Dan Hurley thing real quick. So I I did see the video of him walking out and he's you know, people are ch- chanting bleep Dan Hurley and he's like, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> Maximum Dan Hurley. I Love that. You when I saw that video last night, I was like, "Oh my god, this is the Big East." I am mm-hmm. so happy that that happened. And it, nobody should get in it, trouble. It has no, to it has to stop right there. That's the line. That's exactly the line. That's the line. Nobody should get in trouble though, and you know, nobody should quote tweet it and be like, "Look at this jack wagon Dan Hurley yelling <laughs> at fans." This is no. That's fine. He went down underneath. That's that's the equivalent. You know what it reminded me of? The Eagles psycho coach Sirianni saying, "Let into the Kansas City fans. I don't hear you right." <laughs> that that was basically that. And guess what? That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's, this is that's, this is Big East basketball. It, this is poised to be the 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 rivalry now that Villanova's kind of taking a little backseat after losing Jay Wright. Oh, everybody. UConn, UConn's yeah. easy to hate. U- yeah. UConn brings this upon themselves. They they carry themselves in mm-hmm. such a way. And guess what? Much they, like they you troll everybody. Much like you can't break their will, you're not mm-hmm. going to stop them from carrying themselves in that way. They they think they're they think they're awesome, um, and they have some bona fides to to say that they've won a couple national championships in the last ten years, including being the defending national champions mm-hmm. or the reigning national champions. But I. Loved that video. I was so happy when I saw that video. You've been clamoring for hate. I love hate. I absolutely love hate. 
It was a beautiful thing. Um, and then we don't have to do the whole court storming conversation, do we? Like, what conversation would we have? I don't know. People people still are up in arms about court storming. Like, don't don't do it because act like you've been there before. Or whatever. It's like Creighton said three court stormings ever. It was a magical night last night. Um, you and it was an absolute raucous crowd and. Doesn't matter who was there, they were the people were gonna run on the floor because they wanted to. You it was a rabid reaction. Make the case that you don't have to act like you've been there before when you've quite literally never <laughs> been there before. <laughs> yeah, they they've never beaten a number one team until last night. Until last night. But yeah, I mean, I get it. They're they're a top fifteen team in the country, and if they win it. Madison Square Garden on Sunday morning. They'll be a top 10 team in the country. Mm. And, um, you know, we'll have the conversation a little bit later. Like, who are they? And what is their ceiling? And are they a contender? I'll be curious that I'll be really interested to see the national reaction today um, and how what people are taking away from this. You know, is it uh, Creighton hit Creighton Avalanche territory? They do this two or three times a year. No need to worry about them. They're not that good. Or is it, whoa, 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 we have a new, we, you know, they, they kind of have some, they kind of have some vibes of last year's UConn team that mm-hmm. won the national championship, got super hot at the exact right time, and we're playing their best basketball exactly right now, right? And then we could talk about, too, later on, comparing this team to last year's team. Anybody got second thoughts on that? I'm thinking that you might. I might. I'm thinking that you might. I might feel differently than I did three or four <laughs> weeks ago. So we will discuss that later on in the show. I'd like to hear from you guys on the Jays or anything else. 402 951 Mitch Sherman will join us at the bottom of the hour. Did get an email here from, oh, perfect, Bob. Here we go. I haven't, oh. read, the, I haven't read this yet. Okay. So is Bob, What? what's. Let's what, set the scene. What's he going to take here? Uh, is he gonna? Is he gonna? How many barbs is he gonna throw in after the after beating the number one team in the country? By I, the way, I, I think Bob likes Creighton, but just likes to make fun of them. I'm, I'm okay. sort of confused about his. I'm gonna say he's gonna say something to the effect of fifty percent from three. UConn's best player was in foul trouble. Refs were on your side. Uh, okay. something like that. Okay. Uh, he addresses me today as Conrad. I like that. Congrats on the win last night. Classy. That had to be a fun one to watch. You called that win. And doesn't it feel better to enjoy a win and watch those highlights than try and come up with a litany of excuses for a loss? (laughs) (laughs) Really big win to get this season. Maybe that is the type of win that uh, that makes the team come together and really spin it into something in March. Huge win for Mac and the program overall. Really, really nice performance. Going to be a great finish, Bob. Wow. Not much in there. Uh, I apologize to Bob for thinking he would not much deflect. In no, I apologize. Uh, by the way, uh, for the bracket freaks, yeah, yeah, Dr. Brackets, Joey Brackets, Joe Lenardi put out his top 16 again this mm-hmm. morning. He does that every day. They are up to the three line after last night. Personally, I think it's going to be tough to maintain that. Um, but if you beat UConn and Seton, uh, not Seton Hall, um, Marquette, those are going to – that was kind of the hole in Creighton's resume, right? Mm-hmm. 
So I, I think it'll be hard, really, really hard, obviously, to get to a two just with the amount of losses that they have. And I, I think pretty difficult to maintain a three. But, I mean, Can, it, I don't care. Like, I think they are one of the best 15 teams I, in the country. I would agree I with that. I think they have a chance to win or to – you know, to go to the final four. I, I, I kind of like being a, them being a four because yeah. there's the, not a very scary one seed out there right this now. This is right? what I was trying to say the other day. I, like, there's not a team in the country who you can match them up right now with, and I'd be like, yeah, I just, I just don't see a path there, you know? Now, maybe Zach Eady can negate Cockbrenner. Tree Man. Tree Man. Yeah. Groot. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I, I, I kind of like Creighton's other personnel in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Pedro. Hi, Pedro. Hi, guys. I was wrong. Oh. The court storming was great. The players and coaches had a great time. Plus, the chai was electric. Loudest crowd I've ever heard in person. I have had season tickets since they moved from the Civic. What a night. Thanks, Pedro. It was, it was nice to see Mac sort of exhale after that game. He and, did some. And... He did some. Good, hard tiger fist bumps, yeah, you know? And, like, just, you know, at the end of the, the press conference, Rob says, all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. And Max, <laughs> like, no, I'll talk about this all night. I don't care. Rob got his highlight tape uh, tweeted out by Fox Sports last night, <laughs> which is nice. Um, Yeah, I, I think he spent a lot of this, the coaching staff and him during games have spent a lot of this year, you know, doing this and, flopping their arms up and down, trying to entice the crowd to get going. And he didn't need to do that last night. And so when you when you got to those big moments, those explosive Creighton Avalanche moments, it was just like a release, right? It was just this kind of, whoa, you know, we it all came together. It all came together on this one night. The hard work paid off. One text from the 402. Hi, 402. Not only was it a warranted court storm, it was one of the best I've ever seen. Ooh. It was a good court storm, too. I agree. It was fast. It was complete. Uh, safe. Eight and a half out of ten. Ooh. It is the fourth largest win over the AP number one team in the last 20 years. Wow. So, yeah, you, and, you might want to celebrate that. By the way, UConn, still without a road win against a top 25 team in 10 years. But they got two natties since then. They got two natties. That, every time I hear it, I just go, that's not possible. It's not possible. And they've still never beaten Creighton in Omaha. Hmm. All right. Um, any thoughts on that? We'll take them here on the other side. Other stuff to talk about today, of course, as well. Um, like I said, we'll jump back into Creighton as we go on throughout the show. They're at St. John's. On Sunday morning, a little morning coffee with John Bishop from Madison Square Garden. Just sad he can't do a show from the Garden. I like that they have a pretty significant gap in between those two games. Just we we got to flush that. All right, enjoy it for a day. Flush it. You you ain't bleep anymore. Like, yep, got four more. <laughs> uh, back with more next on the Connor Happer Show on sixteen twenty The Zone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.